I want you to open your Bibles, if you will, to the book of Luke. Luke in chapter number 1. Luke chapter 1. Thank you again for braving the, uh, the, the cold and the slick roads. And I appreciate you being here and uh, being a part of our service today. And we're blessed. We're blessed to have you. We're going to look in the book of Luke in chapter number 1. Luke chapter 1. And we'll begin reading in verse number 26. Luke 1 and verse 26. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto the city of Galilee, unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee, blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. The angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God, and behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. And he shall be great and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. And then Mary said unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. And therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold thy cousin Elizabeth, she, shall, she hath also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For with God nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. I want you to notice in particular, if you would this morning with me, verse number 34, and then said Mary unto the angel, how shall this be, seeing I know not a man? How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? Father, would you give us today from your word what we have need of? I'm grateful for every person that's here. I thank you for the safety that you gave each one of us on our way, and I pray that you would uh, do thy work and bless in a manner that only you can. Speak to every heart. I pray that you would do, dear God, that which each of us need done. Be thorough with us, dear Jesus, I pray, and we'll thank you for all that you do. In the name of Christ, our Savior, we ask these things. Amen. During the next four Sundays of December, I'm going to be bringing messages from the Christmas story. I announced that on, on Facebook. T today's message is going to be essential uh, for your understanding of, of the Christmas story in and of itself. And we're going to discuss, was Frosty's hat really magic? And so, that's a, that's a doctrinal uh, message that I want you to, I'm kidding. In all honesty, the, the messages that I'm going to bring won't hinge together so much. They won't harmonize like a normal series would. Normally in a series of messages, one message builds upon the other. And so 
you have a truth and then the next message another truth is added to that and it sort of develops down the line. This is going to be four different messages lifted from the Christmas story that will, uh, th- that will help us gain an understanding perhaps of some things that God is trying to say us from, uh, from the time surrounding the birth of our Savior in Bethlehem. Now, I want to just take a moment and, and say this about Mary because she's obviously center stage of what we're discussing today. So much has been erroneously said and written about Mary and, and the Roman Catholic religion has falsely elevated her to a position of co-redeemer when in the reality there's one redeemer and one redeemer only and that's the Lord Jesus Christ and without him we cannot find redemption. The Bible does not teach, it never has taught, uh, uh, that Mary was a co-redeemer or that somehow we can gain grace with God by praying through uh, His mother, Jesus, to Him. Uh, and so there's, there, there is just, it's, it's heretical, and in reality, if we would just be honest, uh, it's blasphemous. It's, it's not true whatsoever. And so what they've done with the precious Jewish girl, Mary, is they've created out of her narrative an idol in which they can worship alongside so many of the other gods that they formed. And, I mean, there's, there's saint everybody, and, and no man has the right to confer sainthood. And the word saint just literally refers, it's another word that refers to a saved person in the Scripture. And I might add in her defense that Mary would be horrified at what has been stated about her, uh, in the day and age in which we live. Now, there are some things about Mary that we don't know. We don't know these things about Mary. We don't, we don't know if she was beautiful. We don't know if, if she had a great singing voice. We don't know a great deal about her childhood or her family. We don't, we don't know about her brothers or about her sisters. We don't know the occupation of her father. We don't have a real description of her mother As far as we know, Mary was an average girl that would have lived an average life. And the reality of the matter is that if if it wasn't for Gabriel's sacred mission to her, then, then we would never have really known Mary. She would have been a good, honest young girl that that uh that lived amongst the Jewish people. And, and died with the world oblivious that she ever even existed. Now, there are some things that, that we can assume about Mary, I think. I think we can assume that she certainly must have been humble. We can tell that by her response to the, the message of the angel. So we know that she had humility. We know certainly that she was a godly young lady and, and, and that she had such qualities that out of all the young ladies in the world, God chose her to be the vehicle through which His Son came into this world there in Bethlehem's manger. And so God chose her above all others for certain reasons. And, and, and so we can assume some things. I have no doubt that God knew that her humility and her godliness would, would not allow her to become high-minded because of the sacred assignment that Gabriel gave her. I think that God knew that she would be the kind of mother that he would want, that would care for his son as he developed and grew up in this world. And I cannot think, I cannot fathom a greater compliment than the fact that God chose Mary to be the vehicle 
uh, through which her, his son came into this world, and the mother that, that, that nurtured and watched over the home in which he was raised in the early years of his life. Now, there are some things that we don't know. There are some things that we can assume, but there are some things that we definitely know about Mary. We know that she was a virgin. In spite of how people have tried to change that down through the ages, last night coming over the Blue Mountains, I heard Oliver B. Green preach in that old gravelly voice of his and praying that God would save the soul nearest to hell. And he was dealing with the virgin birth, and he went down through the Scriptures in, in a manner that only he could do and he just simply came to the point and he said, some people have tried to, to alter the virgin birth and make it out to be something else. And he said, listen to me, my friend, that is not true. And you can just, just the power of his, uh, of his words and, and his delivery. Thank God for men like that. I just want to tell you, we know beyond a shadow of a doubt, the Bible says over and over again that, that Mary was a virgin, that she had never known intimacy with a man and and we know that the child within her was placed there by the holy spirit of god we know that we know that she was human we know that she had no redemptive power in fact she herself had to be redeemed but we know that that she carried into this world neither sinless nor perfect yet she gave birth to the savior of the world and 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 we're we're grateful for that now in our text mary stands center stage i want you to think about what we've just read because here is Mary, and the angel Gabriel delivers news from God to her that she has been chosen to be the vehicle through which the Messiah is to be born into this world. And at first, at first Mary is afraid of His presence, and then she's overwhelmed by His message. And so it's not just that He was there, it's what He said when He was there. She's afraid. She's overwhelmed, she's pondering things in her mind, and she's not sure exactly, she's not sure exactly what's going on. Look in verse 30, And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God, and behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus, and he shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. And I think it's important, if we could, it, could, could, could we just take a moment and make an attempt at comprehending the, the flood of thoughts that swept through her mind. I mean, I, just, just think about as she's contemplating what has been told her, I think probably the word stunning might be a really good description. Here's a young Jewish girl on her way, minding her business. She has signed a contract. You know how it was in the Middle East. Parents would get together and a contract would be signed. So she's, she's contractually agreed to be married to Joseph. And so the contract is signed, but the marriage hasn't been consummated yet. So here's a young girl, she's, she's what we would call perhaps engaged, though it was a bit deeper then uh, in this culture. And she's contracted to Joseph, and she's got life pretty well set out in front of her, and, and, and everything seems to be going normal, uh, according to how it should go. And then suddenly, she's visited by an angel, and the angel says, you're going to have a baby. Now, at the least, that's problematic. If she contemplates 
what has been told her. She was a virgin. She was in contract to a man that she had not yet married, and yet she's told she's going to have a baby. His name would be Jesus. His, he would be great. He would be the son of the highest, that he would reign over Israel, and that there would literally be no end to his kingdom. That's a staggering, staggering message to be delivered to this young girl. Now for God to use us for any reason, okay, for God to use us for any reason at all is enough to give us pause. But when you begin to wrap your mind around the fact that she's been chosen to deliver the Messiah, you can understand Mary pumping the brakes a little bit, okay? <clears throat> so here's, here's the message from the angel. You're going to have a baby. And your baby's going to be the Son of God, okay? And now the next thing we find is Mary's pumping the brakes. It's like, wait, 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 wait. That doesn't fit with my circumstances. That, that doesn't... That, that doesn't, um, it's just a wait a minute moment in, in Mary's question. And can I just say that I love the simplicity and the transparency? I mean, here's Mary. She doesn't understand. She doesn't grasp it. She's not so spiritually high-minded that she immediately says, Well, blessed be the name of God. Thanketh thee, Lord, that thou hast chosen me, that I might be above all others, the vehicle through which thy son... She didn't say that. She didn't start singing the hallelujah chorus. She didn't start praising God. She questioned. And if you, if you go to Luke chapter 2, if you go to Luke chapter 2, after the angels were delivered the message, and, 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 and they came, the shepherds came uh, after the message was delivered by the angels, and they found the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger, and all the things that happened, what did Mary do? She pondered these things in her heart. What does that mean? She didn't understand it all, so she just really thoughtfully thinking this over. So here's, here's this beautiful, wonderful, spiritual little Jewish girl, Okay, and, and, and a message has been delivered to her, and the simplicity and transparency in her response is, is comforting to me. She simply asked a question, how shall this be, seeing that I know not a man? That is so human, that's so honest, that's so us. It's just so us. Wow. God, this is a miracle, but how? You're, you're, you're going to do it, but how? I told you before that when God called me to leave Georgia 17 years ago and come to Idaho, I knew what God was doing, but I wanted to know the how. That's just human, how? Okay, I'm going out there. I, how's this going to work? How, how are we going to take off at this stage in my life? And, 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 and how are we going to find a building? And how are people going to come? And how are we going to finance this? How? shall this be how shall this be first thing i want you to see is this mary viewed god's promise based on her circumstances okay now i want you to let that soak for just a moment because this has got to go deeper than the skin mary was given a promise but when she when she heard the promise of god and she took a long look at the promise of god she viewed god's promise through the lens of 
<coughs> excuse me, her circumstances. You know, you know this, that sometimes the thing that stands between us and the miracle are the circumstances we're stuck in. Well, I need a miracle, but, I mean, good night. Look at my circumstances. Look, 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 what's, look what's happened around me. I, I, don't, I, don't, I need a miracle, but I'm not sure that I'm going to get one. And, and, and it's not that Mary distrusted God. That's not, that's not the case here. Mary did not distrust God. It's just she could see no way around her circumstances. I need a miracle to have what he said I could have to be the vehicle. I need a miracle, but I'm a virgin, not married. And her circumstances caused her to question. And, and, and they were an obvious obstacle that stood between her and the promise of God to her. How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? In her mind, this was one plus zero equals two. And that didn't make sense to Mary. And it wouldn't make sense to you or to me. And I want to just tell you this. There are times in your life you're going to desperately need a miracle from God, and it's not going to pass the logistics test. You're going to need God to do something. You're going to need God to, 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 to come on the scene and, and change some things in your life. You, you're desperately in need of the power of God in your life, but that doesn't fit the logistics test. You can allow your circumstances to place limits on God's plan and purpose for your life if you're not careful. How, how can I, how, how, how can this be, seeing I don't have a spouse? I mean, you know, do I have a purpose as a single person? And by the way, let me just stop and say this. At that point, I'm talking to all our single people, I want you to listen to me carefully. How can this be, I don't have a mate? Is that where you get your identity? You get your identity from having a man or a woman in your life? Is that your identity? Is that who you identify with? Can I suggest this to you? Listen to me, all of our singles. Listen to me carefully. That is at a point when you begin to consider, well, how can this be? I, I don't, I, I'm, not, I'm not married. I don't have any. That's when you can make a really, 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 really bad decision. You can sell out on the path and purpose that God has for your life and you can settle down and spend the rest of your life regretting it. Okay? How, how can this thing be seeing I don't have an education? I, I, I don't, I, I, I've never done this before. I don't have an education. I, can, I can't do this. You know, I wish I could take you back to, I wish I could take you back to, 10th and 11th grade at Johnson High School in Savannah, Georgia, and listen to my oral reports. You think it's bad now hearing me preach? You should have heard my oral reports in literature. I mean, if the teacher would have said to me, here's your choice, you can give this oral report over this poem, or we'll strap you to a pole, take a frozen garden hose, and beat you, I would say, uh, where's the hose? I mean, just get it on. You know, that'll be far more enjoyable than getting up in front of people giving a report. I mean, really? No, I didn't want to do it. And now I talk for a living, you know, and, and, and again, it may be torturous to you, but that's too bad. Uh, that's why I built this platform, so that I could speak down to you. I don't, anyhow, I walked in here and I said, really? Anyhow, so, so this, is, this is clergy laity type thinking. I don't know what it is, but anyhow. 
I'm glad I'm not here every Sunday, amen, because you'd have, you'd have problems with your neck. Well, how can this be? Seeing that I don't have the money. How, how can this be? I, I can't financially do it. How, how can this be seeing I'm not able? Seeing that I don't have the money, I don't have the resources. How, how can this be seeing I've never done this before? Seeing I, I have no knowledge of this. How can this be? Listen to me carefully. How can this be seeing... Why don't you fill in the blank? Why don't you fill in your blank? What, what is the circumstance in your life that is keeping you from fulfilling the purpose and plan for God in your life? How can this be seeing I'm timid? How can this be you know, seeing, seeing I'm, I, 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 just, I, I just don't mix well with people? How can this be? Fill in your blank. God... God knows what it is already, so you need to fill in your mind. And, and, and listen to me, let me say this to you. Your, your, your obstacles will loom larger the more you stare at them. You remember the people at Kadesh Barnea, the children of Israel? They were on the front lawn of the Holy Land, a land that God described as flowing with milk and honey. And yet, guess what the spies came back when they said, oh my word. I mean, first of all, here's the grapes of Esco. That's pretty good, especially if you like grape jam. Man, you've got a lot. You, I mean, the cupboard will never run out. And, and it's, I mean, it's amazing what they found. And yet the negative report that discouraged the hearts of the people is this. Guess what we saw? Guess what we stared at? Giants. And somebody said, do what? Oh, we like the grapes. But tell us about these giants. Well, there are giants there. And listen, listen to this. The more they talked about them, here's what they finally said. We were as grasshoppers in their sight. That's the, have you ever heard of anything more embellished than that? Here's a man that's the size of a grasshopper. How tall would the giant have been? How many hundred of feet long? Big. Hey, hey, hey. You know. And the, look, there's a there's a guy, you know. And that's ridiculous. What happened? What happened? As they stared at the obstacle, they got smaller and their circumstances got bigger, larger. It loomed greater in their life. And, and, and you know what? Look at me. Listen to me. They turned back and they were just across the river from the promise of God. Can you imagine that? I mean, they were just across the river. A million miles away in their heart, but, but physically, they were just across. I mean, there it is. There it is. On the other bank, on the other side, they were just across the river from everything that God had for them. And yet they turned back and they spent 40 years wandering in the wilderness for one reason. They allowed their circumstances to loom larger than the promise of their God. And they turned back. Second thing I want you to see is not just that Mary viewed God's promise based on her circumstances. I want you to see, second of all, that Mary questioned God's promise based on past experience. Okay? I want you to, I want you to think about I want you to think about why her question, okay? So she's got a bad circumstance as far as the promise is concerned. I'm not, look, look, I'm a virgin, and, and, and I, I, how can this be? How can this be? 
It's not just that her circumstances prohibited the miracle. There was something that kicked it up a notch. Wait a minute. It took it from improbable in her mind to impossible. And we see that in a little bit. And the angel's answer to her. He's revealing the fact that Mary's considering this impossible. It's not improbable. I, I don't, I'm not quite, you know what, I'm just not quite sure how that could work out. Mary's like, it can't work out. Her circumstances had past experience added to them. Here's the past experience. Listen to me carefully. It had never. It never had happened before. Wait a minute. In the history of the world, since time began, I mean, since man breathed his first breath when God formed him and out of the banks of the Euphrates River and breathed into man's nostrils the breath of life, and from man's side he created Eve, from that time until this time, it had never happened before. Never happened. Virgin had never given birth to a child. Never. It had never, ever, never happened. And so, it's not just my circumstances are bad. It's, this, this has never happened. The experience in the past of the whole world is saying to Mary, it ain't happening, sister. It's a great promise. But how shall this thing be? Now, wait a minute, Mr. Angel, Gabriel, okay? Let me help you with something. I'm a virgin, and, and our marriage hasn't been consummated. And not just that, this ain't ever happened before. So that's, I mean, that sounds nice, but you got some explaining to do. How shall this thing be? Seeing that I... No, not a man. Did you know this, that sometimes when God's about to do great things in our lives, we compare the promise with the problem, uh, and, and, and it transitions from the highly unlikely to the impossible. Uh, how, shall this, how shall this be, seeing the doctor gave me four months to live? That's, that's not just bad circumstance. I mean, that's That's experience. That, that don't work out well. So, so, so how shall this thing be? I, I met a lady at a meeting one time, and we were talking, and she gave me her testimony. She said this, I went to a doctor's office. They found something wrong with me. They did x-rays. They showed me the x-rays. I was eaten up with cancer. I came home and talked with my husband, and he said, well, what do we want to do? What's our battle plan? She said, here's our battle plan. I want to go to London. So they took off and flew to London. They spent a couple of weeks in London, enjoyed their time in London. She came back and, and uh, they talked about other things that they wanted to get done. So they just started filling their time with things. And she said to me, she said to me, Pastor, it's been 20 years and the doctors have no explanation as to how I came through and how I lived. But at first it was hopeless. And her husband spent a lot of money over those 20 years there. <clears throat> how shall this be? How, how shall this be? Seeing my marriage is stuck in survival mode for years. She's, she's, she's not going to admit faults. He's not going to change. How shall this be? How shall this be? My child won't listen to me. How shall this be? They're not interested in the Bible. 
How shall this be? My dad rejects the gospel. How shall this be? My mother is lost and on her way to hell and won't listen to me. She won't allow me to witness. She's told me not to bring it up again. How shall this be? My marriage is doomed. My dad's going to hell. My mother's lost. My child is wayward. My brother's an alcoholic. How shall this be? No, no. I want you to think about hopelessness. I want you to think about what in your life on past experience has never changed. You don't even have a history of it. There's nothing, there's not a precedent. There's nothing to fall back on. It's always been this way. It's, it's never, it's, there's never been, there's never been any change. And, and you look back on it and you say, well, my circumstances are bad. But it's not just that I have bad circumstances. It's that forever the experience has been the same. And what happens is your bad circumstances and your bad experiences of the past, never seeing hope, never seeing change, what happens is that in your eyes, in her eyes, it turned it into the impossible. It's always been this way, it is this way, and it always will be this way. Now, let me, let me, let me, let's move toward the end. Let, let me say this to you next, and that is this. Take the circumstances, take the experience, and here's what you've got. You've got an obstacle, okay? When you combine those two, I, I, you know, this, I mean, I'm a virgin, and in the history of the world, this has never happened. So, so how shall this be? What happened is she couldn't see past, she couldn't see past her obstacles. And, and I'm wondering what it is in your life uh, the circumstances and the past experiences that has convinced you, the people of God, that this is an impossibility. I wonder, after you filled in those two blanks mentally that I asked you to fill in, I, can I say this to you? All right. All right, how shall this be? Fill in the blank experience how shall this be fill in the blank do you know what those aren't your greatest obstacles your greatest obstacle is you and me and our lack of faith it's not that i've got bad circumstances and it's not that this has never been done before therefore i consider it impossible it's that when i look myself in the mirror i'm looking at a man that doesn't believe that god is greater than my circumstances or greater than the past history of nothingness that maybe I faced. We become intimidated by the obstacles and we lose our audacity in prayer. Would you please just, would you, if you miss everything, please get this. We lose our audacity. The audacious prayer, the risk prayer, the willingness to come to an omnipotent, omnipresent, omniscient God, fall on our knees before Him and say, it's all bad and it's never happened before, but you're greater than all that. See? Joshua comes to God in, 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 in chapter 10 
and, and they're in a battle with the Amorites, and, and God, he just prays to God and says, we, we need more time. And so God said to the sun, stand still. And, and then he says, and there was no day like that before it or after it, that the Lord hearkened unto the voice of a man, for the Lord fought for Israel. Wow. That's audacious. Hey, God, we need more time to win this battle. Could you shut the sun down for a little bit? And God said, stop. Never happened before. You talk about an audacious prayer. I, 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 think, about, uh, I think about Elijah. The widow's son died. First time in the Bible anybody was ever risen from the dead. You know what Elijah did? He walks in and takes the son, carries the son up to his room, lays him out. He lays across the son, nose to nose, eyes to eye, chin to chin, forehead to forehead. He lays his arms out over him. Where did he get that at? I don't know. He don't either. You know why? Because nobody had ever done it before. So here's Elijah thinking, I, okay. Lays him out, lays over on the top of him. And you know what happened? The kid came to life. An audacious prayer. That had never happened before. There was no manual. Let me see what the manual says here about raising. Oh, here it is, page five. No, no. It had never been done before, yet God did it. I think about Elisha. Remember when they were building the dorms for the uh, school of the prophets and a kid had borrowed an axe and axes were very expensive. So he's chopping a tree and all of a sudden he misses and it flies out and lands in the water. And he says, oh my word, I don't even have the money. I'm a college student. I don't have the money to buy a, a quick burger. I can't pay him for this. I borrowed this. And Elijah, Elisha said, uh, where did it land? Right over there. You know what Elisha asked God for? <laughs> Make iron swim. And I read, I read, I read the statistics on that. Um, any mineral with a density greater than one gram per cubic centimeter doesn't float. That iron had 7.2 grams per cubic centimeter. It had never happened before. Axe heads don't swim. This one was doing the breaststroke. I don't know what it was doing. All I know is just all of a sudden, up from the bottom of that, up from the bottom of that river came an axe head. And he reached down and took it in his hand. Audacity. Why do we pray so safe? Why do we think God doesn't care enough about us to do the miracles we're desperately in need of? I'm stunned at God's people. We sit back and we sit down and we settle in and we say, okay, this is the way it's always been. These are my circumstances. Who is your God? God can change things. He can stop the sun. He can raise the dead. He can make iron swim. We have to believe that our God is able. Let me give you two things. Don't limit God to have been there, done that prayer life. May God Almighty deliver us from the safe and comfort of our prayer life. Our Heavenly Father, God bless. No, just get down on your face and cry out to a holy God. Stop the recitals. Stop the vain repetitions and get a hold of the horns of the altar and shake it with your prayer of audacity. Number three, don't be afraid to ask God for the unprecedented in your home, in your family, as, as a church, as believers, are we willing to ask God? As long as we pray it safe, 
We'll never see the sun stop. We'll never see the dead raised. We'll never see iron flow. You know what I'm talking about. We'll never see the miraculous as long as we pray it safe. Last of all, and I close, I want you to notice how the angel refocused her faith. No faith in her circumstances. No faith in past experiences. And, and, and her situation was pretty hopeless. And, 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 and how, how shall this be? Do you understand I'm a virgin? I don't know a man. How, how's this going to work out? And the angel said unto her, look with me if you would please, in verse 37. Hey Mary, for with God nothing, circle that word, nothing shall be impossible. Mark chapter 10, verse 27. Would you jump there? Keep your, finger, keep your finger where we're at and just jump over to Mark chapter 10. We're going to come back here. Got just a moment, so stay with me. Mark chapter 10, verse 27. We see two realms in Mark 10, 27. Watch this. And Jesus, looking upon them, said this. What's the next two words? With men. All right, so here's one realm. With men... It is impossible. Next realm. But not, next words, with God. Two realms. With men, impossible. But not with God. For with God, all things are possible. So one realm is with men, impossible. With God, possible. Do you understand? Did you understand that with God, there's nothing that's impossible? That the only thing that dwells in God's presence is possible. The possibility of the impossible. Miracles are miracles to us, but they're not miracles to God. They're everyday events and everyday occurrences, and God's not bound by the logistics of our circumstances or the hopelessness of our past experiences. The only thing that hinders God is our unbelief. Go back to his hometown of Nazareth, and it says in Matthew 13, 58, and he did not many mighty works there. Well, why? Because of their unbelief. And please remember that God took Gideon from 32,000 to 300 for one reason. He wanted Gideon to know that he didn't need what Gideon needed. That, that he could take the impossible and get it done. Now, back Back with me, Luke 1. I want you to notice this, and then we close. So the angel said, hey, Mary, you're staring at your circumstances and the impossibility of past experiences, but with God, that's where you're not. Mary, you're, you're, you're looking at things. You're not looking at him. He, he took her focus and said, stop looking here. Now look there. With God, all things are possible. And notice what Mary said in the next verse, verse 38. And Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel said, That's what I came for. That's what I, that's what I wanted to hear. How shall this thing be? How shall this thing be? With God with God he can change he can change it our father is able 
You can spend your life staring at your obstacles and proclaiming the impossible. Or you can fall on your face before God and say, be it unto me. As you've said, be it unto me. The choice is yours. The choice is mine. Let's bow our heads, could we? His bowed eyes closed. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what you've got before you. Probably every one of us need a miracle. Some form or fashion, we need God to do something in our life to turn things around. I mean, physical, I don't know, relational. How shall this be? How shall this be? With God, that's how it shall be. Because no matter what your circumstances are, and no matter your past experience, with God, all things are possible. Do you believe that? If you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, I want to tell you, you can be forgiven today. It's possible. That's why Jesus came. Whatever your burden, whatever your ache is, whatever has staggered you, it's possible. We serve a God that can. Trust Him. Trust Him. Our Father, we love you today. What a God. We get so bogged down and we get so stuck where we are. I've been there. We, every single one of us, we've been there. And yet there's a God of miracles, a God of the impossible that waits on us to say, be it unto me. We, we question. And sometimes we have reason for questions. And yet, Lord, we know that the impossible with us is the possible with you. Help us to trust you and help us to focus upon you, not upon the things that surround us. In Jesus' name I pray these things. Amen.